Last time in Hebrews chapter 3, we saw essentially two things. We saw that the nation of Israel failed to enter the rest that was theirs in the promised land due to their hardness of hearts. Secondly, last time we saw that believers in Christ, like you and me, can fail to enter into the rest that we are to have in Christ-based acceptance due to our hearts being hardened at times. You know, of course, salvation is a very marvelous and a very complex working of God. One aspect of salvation is that it deals with sin's penalty. That's justification. Another aspect of your salvation is that it deals with sin's power and sin's pleasure in your life. That's God's work of sanctification. And then another aspect of salvation is that it deals ultimately with sin's presence. That's going to be glorification. Now, when we were converted, when we turn from sin and self and Satan to the Savior by faith, we were given rest in our position before God. As far as our standing with God was from that moment forward of conversion until this moment today, is that we positionally have rest with God through Christ. But in the outworking of our Christian living, in our day-to-day, moment-to-moment living out as Christians, we have episodes often of coming into that rest in Christ and then going out of that rest in Christ, coming back into that rest in Christ, going back out of an understanding of that rest in Christ. We're like yo-yos experientially, although positionally we are steadily accepted God the Father in Christ, and we should have spiritual rest in that standing, but experientially, where the rubber meets the road, where our thoughts go to and fro many times each and every day, we go out of understanding rest to thinking we have no rest. Having rest in our experience and not having rest in our experience, and the truth be known, knowing about spiritual rest and our acceptance in Christ before God the Father, we can go in and out of enjoying that from 9 a.m. to 9.05 a.m. tomorrow morning. It's that fleeting. It's that up and down. It's that much of a yo-yo. And so what I'm saying is that it's quite typical to almost constantly alternate between thinking that we are accepted by God based on our performances and thinking that we are accepted by God based on Christ's performance and having that performance of Jesus be credited to our accounts by an act of God's grace. So what I'm saying is, positionally, it's steady. We're accepted in the beloved, Christ-based acceptance, spiritual rest, but experientially, we go in and out of that in our minds, in our thinking. Now, entering into this wonderful spiritual rest of which we preached last week has everything to do with whether we think we are working for the Lord or the Lord is working through us. I brought this simple kitchen glove with me, rubber glove. The only way that this glove does any meaningful work is if my hand is inside it. 
and my thumb moves it, and my index finger, and my large finger, and my ring finger, and my pinky finger. All of my hand has to be inside the glove for the glove to really be able to do anything that needs to be done. So it is with you and me, believer. The only way we will be about God's business and having God's blessing and seeing God work to have eternal effects is if the Spirit of God is like my hand in your glove, which is your Christian life. It would be foolish for an empty glove to say, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, or the other. An empty glove can't do anything like the Christian who is not controlled and empowered by the Holy Spirit cannot do anything that will have meaningful impact on eternity. And so I hope you'll remember that, that this whole Christ-based acceptance and this whole um, performance-based acceptance is the difference between working for God, that's performance-based acceptance, and having God work through us, that is Christ-based acceptance. So again, let me say it, spiritual rest is not real estate in Palestine like it once was. No, spiritual rest today is an understanding of and an acting out based upon Christ-based acceptance with God. If you're saved, you have Christ-based acceptance with God. How marvelous. How freeing. Now, our passage for today is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. If you have your Bibles or your devices, would you turn in those to Hebrews 4, verses 1 to 11, and I invite us to hear the word of God together. Hebrews 4, 1 to 11. Therefore, let us fear, lest while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For we who have believed enter that rest, just as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world." For he has thus said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of their disobedience, he again fixes a certain day today, saying through David, after so long a time, just as has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. There remains, therefore, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall through following the same example of 
disobedience. Will you notice with me five things from the verse, verses which I have just read? First, will you please notice that it's very possible for any redeemed person to come short of spiritual rest? I see that in verse 1. Therefore, let us fear, lest while a promise remains of entering rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. The second thing I'd like you to see in the text, will you notice that some redeemed persons will enter spiritual rest and others will not? And obedience or disobedience in some matters make the difference. Look at verse 6. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. So in the first place, we're noticing that it's very possible for any redeemed person to come short of spiritual rest. And second, that some redeemed persons will enter spiritual rest and others will not. Third, Will you notice that the spiritual rest which is in view here in these verses is not heaven's forever settled rest. It's not that. Instead, what's in view here is the here and now situational rest of living the Christian life before heaven. Fourth, will you please notice that the Lord wills a Sabbath rest for all his children? Verse 9, there remains, therefore, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now, by the way, I have to expand this a little bit. This is not the Jewish Sabbath of the Old Testament law. This is not Saturday Jewish nation Sabbath that God has for the church. And... This is not the Jewish Sabbath of Saturday because we worship after the prototype and model of Acts after the resurrection of our Lord and Savior on the first day of the week to mark the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, the head of the church, the Savior of the bodies, coming out of his tomb alive on the first day of the week. It is interesting for those who may argue the points that I am making right now about the rest being referred to here in Hebrews 4 not being Old Testament Saturday Sabbath rest, it is interesting if you study the Scriptures in the New Testament that of the ten commandments given to the nation of Israel in Exodus chapter 20, nine of them are repeated in the New Testament. One commandment from Exodus 20 is not repeated. And do you know what it is? Sabbath keeping. So I'm not going to harp on this But I have to say it, that when it says in verse 9, for if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day of rest after that. That was verse 8. There remains, therefore, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. The people of God in this church age, their Sabbath rest is not the Jewish Old Testament law Saturday Sabbath rest. It's different. It's a pause day, and it's a spiritual standing and quality of spiritual life. And so fifth, there's something else I want you to see in an overall fashion from the verses. Will you notice, please, that a Christian has entered that Sabbath rest when a Christian has entered the Sabbath rest that God intends for the church when that Christian stops working for his or her acceptance with God. In the same way, 
that God the Creator stopped his creative workings when he created in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Verse 10. For the one who has entered his rest, that's church, for the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as just like God did from his, may I add, creative works. So these are wonderful truths that it's very possible for a redeemed person to come short of spiritual rest. That's a warning. Second, that some redeemed persons will in fact enter spiritual rest and others will in fact not enter it before they get to heaven. That's a warning. Third, we've seen that the spiritual rest that is in view here in these verses in Hebrews is not heaven's forever settled rest. All Christians will enter into that because of God's grace. But what is in view here in Hebrews is the here on earth, before you die, before the rapture of the church, spiritual rest, which God wants for you to have when you cease striving to please and be accepted by God, to have him love you more if you do certain things, the rest that gets apart from that to say, no, I'm accepted in Christ. When the Father looks at me while alive here on earth, working in this church or other ministries, when God looks at me, he sees me robed in Christ's righteousness. I am fully accepted to God the Father because of Christ, because the performance of Jesus Christ, sinless living, obedient sacrifice on the cross, because of what Jesus did and not because of what I do, I am accepted to the Father. So here's how this works. If you come to a morning worship service, when we're allowed to again, and I trust we will be, to do something to try to bless God, then you're attending to be noticed, not resting. Or if you volunteer to do certain work in a certain ministry of our church, say the youth ministry, or any other ministry for that matter, because you see it as some kind of a regrettable Christian duty, then you are auditioning, not resting. If you think that you beat an addiction because of trying hard and prayer really wasn't the reason, then you're boasting in yourself and you're not resting. What it really comes down to this, resting is not working overtime to earn a larger spiritual paycheck from God. Resting is not working overtime for a larger spiritual paycheck from God. Let me go back to some practical examples. If you grit your teeth to read your Bible every day because it's your spiritual chore, you're getting it over with, not resting. If you become a member of this church or any other church, to gain status or community influence or business connections, then you're posturing, you're not resting. If you fake salvation and you fake a strong walk with God to impress a girl you want to marry who is a strong Christian and who is walking with God, if you pose as something you are not spiritually then you are pretending and playing a role and not resting. In fact, you are fraudulent spiritually 
if, if you live day to day like you're sure that you can jump through all the spiritual hoops to make the Lord love you more, then you're trying to make the cut. You're not resting. If you live like your standing in the family of God hinges on you and your performance, then you are panicking to hold on to Jesus and not resting in his sure grip on you. If you put all of your confidence in being right with God on trying to keep God's law, then you are discounting God's grace and discounting Christ's cross work, and you are not resting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There is grace. And there is spiritual rest where there is an understanding of grace. You cannot have the spiritual rest God intends for you to have, Christian, if you do not understand and believe and live God's grace. Going back to some more examples, if you hold yourself up to the performance of other Christians and you compare their performance with your performance, then you are refereeing and scorekeeping, but you are not resting. If you strive to add anything which you can do to what Christ has already done to make you acceptable to God, then you are living the life of a legalist, not resting. If you are constantly worrying about losing your salvation every time you sin, then you are depending on you to keep yourself saved, and you are giving yourself way too much power. None of us can keep ourselves saved, just like none of us could get ourselves saved. The same grace that gets us saved is the same grace that keeps us safely saved. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace. Of course, all of this lines up all of this call to grace living lines up perfectly with those loved, beloved verses in Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's no place for performance-based acceptance. Not of works lest anyone should boast. And this whole concept of Christ-based acceptance and the manifold, rich, abundant, overflowing grace of God lines up beautifully as well with the next verse, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I've taught you before that the Greek behind workmanship is poema, Poema, from which we get our English word poem. As two poems are not identical, no two planned out beforehand Christian ministries are exactly the same for any Christians. We're unique. We're snowflakes. We're poems. And if we are living out of Christ-based acceptance, we are following the leadership of the Holy Spirit in the things that we turn our hands to do, and we don't think that those things which we've turned our hands to do will make God accept us more or love us more. That's resting. 
resting in salvation, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and resting in sanctification, Hebrews 2.10. Resting is believing that being his workmanship, being his poema, is far more important than doing his good works planned for us. Resting is believing that being his workmanship is far more important than doing his planned out works. Let me illustrate. Good parents understand this. We much more want our kids to be honest, to be kind, to be thoughtful, to be Christ-like than we want them to do honest things, do kind things, thoughtful things, and do Christ-like deeds. Why? (laughs) Because if our kids are these ways, then they will do these things. If our kids are not these ways under the surface in their real hearts, if our kids are not these ways, that they may still do these things when we are watching or when it suits the advancement of their own personal agendas. No, no, no. We want children who are, number one, and who do, number two. And so it is with our Heavenly Father. He wants us to understand who we are in Christ. Accepted in the beloved, Christ-based acceptance. Because when we understand and believe and act out of these truths, then we will do the good works that he has prepared beforehand that we should do, and we'll do them in the power of the Holy Spirit and not self. Oh, yes. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, historically, the nation of Israel missed their rest in the promised land by disobeying the Lord and by disobeying the Lord's appointed leader for them, who was Moses. Now, currently, we who are the church can miss our rest in Christ by disobeying the command to see ourselves as already being accepted in the beloved, to see ourselves as being trophies of God's grace. When we lose sight of that, we can miss our spiritual rest. And when we fail to see ourselves as being complete in Christ, not having to earn brownie points with God in our Christian living, then we get reduced quickly to being Pharisees. Pharisees made the rules, tried to keep everybody keeping the rules, and they didn't keep the rules themselves. They were hypocrites. And the Christian who lives long enough in performance-based acceptance, when it gets ingrained, when it gets impacted, when it gets to be the way you do life as a Christian, then you are a hop, skip, and a jump away from being a Pharisee, the spiritual police for other people. We don't want that. And so here are my choices. By the way, they're your choices too. Attending church to be noticed or resting. Performing in certain spiritual ways or resting. Boasting in myself or resting, slaving for God, or resting, 
getting it over with or resting? Posturing or resting? Pretending and playing a spiritual role or resting? Trying to make the cut or resting? Panicking to hold on to Jesus or resting? Discounting grace and the cross or resting? Not the labor of my hands can fulfill the law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. Christ-based acceptance. That is rest. That is God's amazing grace. There's a well-known mattress company called Beauty Rest. Spiritual rest, Christ-based acceptance, and God's grace will give you beauty rest like nothing else can. Now, next we look at verse 6. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. So I've been saying this in this message repeatedly, but it bears repeating. Spiritual rest during one's Christian lifetime on earth is not a slam dunk for every Christian. Some of us will miss that rest before we see the Lord in heaven. We will miss it by disobeying the call to us, a call sent to us after our conversion to believe in and to live out Christ-based acceptance. Have you heard the call, Christian? Maybe you've heard the call before these two messages in Hebrews. Did you answer the call? Do you live in Christ-based acceptance? Or maybe this whole concept of sanctification, that you are accepted in Christ to the Father, nothing you could do could cause him to love you more than he already does, and nothing you could fail to do would cause him to love you less than he already does. Do you hear the call? It's after conversion. It's not justification call. It's a sanctification call. Do you hear him calling you? Live out of Christ-based acceptance. Verses 9 and 10, please. There remains, therefore, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Remember, that was creation. Just like God, the creator, rested from creating, we are to rest from performing to be accepted to God. Now, I believe that verses 9 and 10 make more sense. 
That is, that the people of God, you and me who are saved, we can rest and stop working with the view toward earning God's favor and acceptance. It's analogous to, it is in line with, it is similar to the way that God the creator rested from his creative works on the seventh day. The rest, which we're talking about, is the creator's rest. The rest that we're talking about is the Savior's rest. The rest that we're talking about is ministered by the Holy Spirit to the child of God. And we can only have this wonderful, needed spiritual rest because Christ has secured it for us, and he has given it to us. We can't manufacture this spiritual rest for ourselves. We can't make this rest for ourselves. Sometimes we think, if only my circumstances were just lined just right, and my finances were okay, and my family was more together, then I'd have spiritual rest. No, you wouldn't. Because spiritual rest is not circumstantial. Spiritual rest is Christ. Whatever your circumstances. No one else can give me rest. Beth can't give me rest. None of you in my wonderful church family can give me rest. Only Jesus can give me spiritual rest, and I'm so glad that he has. By the way, it took me close to 40 years as a Christian before I understood this. For 40 years as a Christian, I was trudging along in Christian duties like a good soldier who had no rest. Spiritual rest is God's gift of grace to his born-again children. Spiritual rest is not earnings of being super spiritual. You can't get to a certain spirituality that will give you spiritual rest. You can get spiritual rest right where you are spiritually Christian and then grow in grace in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior and mature in Christ to the full stature of Christ. Rest in his rest. And his rest only becomes our rest if we get it from him. By accepting that rest from Jesus that is offered to us and we receive it, just like we did salvation with the hand of faith. I know some people I've shared this truth with, they see I just couldn't see myself that way, accepted in Christ. I really think I have to perform to be accepted by God. I say, wouldn't you want to see yourself like God sees you? God looks at you with your failures, your problems, your lukewarmness at times, and says, he's accepted in the beloved, me. She's accepted to the Father in me. And so I say to you, listener, viewer, if you have not come into Christ's rest, spiritual rest, but you know you're saved, and you say, I just can't see myself that way, Pastor Rob, I encourage you to see yourself that way because that's the way that God sees you. That wonderful passage that we looked at last Sunday, a wonderful (laughs) invitations from Jesus Christ. Invitations to you, viewer, if you're saved. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Do you believe that? It's true. But it's only our experience as we moment to moment accept Christ-based acceptance and then live out Christ-based acceptance and treat other Christians as though they have Christ-based acceptance. And then the most beloved psalm talks about this same spiritual rest. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Watch this. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Interjection. That's because sheep don't lie down except they're made to lie down. Christians, many of us don't lie down and rest in Christ until we're made to lie down and rest in Christ. For me, that was a clinical depression in my first pastorate. I was made to lie down in green pastures. To see that I had Christ-based acceptance, not performance-based acceptance. He leads me beside quiet waters. I love that about the Lord Jesus. He is not a cowboy. Jesus is not a cowboy who drives the cattle from behind the pack. No, Jesus is a shepherd who leads his flock of sheep from the front. In these moments, these last two sermons, he's leading you, believer, into Christ-based acceptance. Green pastures. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. And this is a statement that a Christ-based acceptance person can state, although this is an Old Testament song. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so in wrapping up this message, I say it one more time, especially to the brother or the sister who's viewing this and has to admit they haven't understood or lived under Christ-based acceptance yet, but they want to. I want to say this. The rest is his rest, and it only becomes our rest if we get it from him, and no amount of our spiritual efforts can earn this rest for us. And in these times of unique pressure and challenge, COVID-19 times, those of us who know Jesus, may I ask you and me, are we enjoying Christ's rest in our current circumstances? What we think is so important, in Proverbs 23, verse 7a, it says this, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. God says, as you think within yourself, so you are. As I think within myself, so I am. That's powerful. We are what we think. And you do know that nobody speaks to you more in the day than, you, than, 
you, yourself. Nobody speaks more in my day to me than me. And nobody speaks more to any one of you more in a day than you speak to yourselves. So we don't want stinking thinking. We don't want any stinking thinking because if you live with stinking thinking long enough, you get a new soundtrack for your thought life. Let me give you some stinking thinking as it pertains to Christ and performance-based acceptance. You ready? This is stinking thinking. I'm losing God's love or I'm about to lose God's love. Or if I did this or stopped doing that, God would love me more and hear my prayers better. Or, you know, the Christian life is a checklist. I don't think I'm passing, or I don't think she's passing. <laughs> I've been watching. Or, salvation may be by grace, but staying on God's good side is hard work. Stinking thinking. Or, I think the prodigal son's older brother was right. Good guys finish last. Sometimes, frankly, grace is annoying. Stinking thinking. As a person thinks within himself or herself, so he or she is. And I close with this. This is a tourist account of riding an elephant in Indonesia. And I quote, The baby elephants who were born within the confines of the elephant training school were sometimes tethered to their mothers with a long chain so that the baby didn't stray. Training the elephant was usually started by leaving it tethered at one of the front feet. The elephant was tethered by a chain to a heavy object like a piece of old steel or a large piece of concrete that's buried in the ground. At first, there is a risk that the elephant will fight the tether even to the point of injuring itself. But... The baby elephant eventually learns that, it's, that it is fruitless to fight the tether, and a mental block, a mental block, forms in the elephant's mind. Once this mental block is formed, the elephant can be tethered with a piece of string. Think of that. An elephant can be tethered when there's a mental blockage by a string. <laughs> you know, we need a mental block against the notion of performance-based acceptance. We need a mental block against the game plan, the expectation that we're only acceptable to God if we perform for God. Performance-based acceptance is like that heavy chain on the baby elephant. It's like that piece of old steel. It's like a large piece of concrete. Performance-based acceptance, when it has a mental blocking, then we can be relieved. And we can be gladly and securely tethered to the biblical notion of Christ-based acceptance. And that freeing situation of being tethered to Christ for christ based acceptance and rest to Jesus' yoke and light load is such a relief. And so, learn from the Lord 
being tethered to the Lord Jesus and to his grace in thoughts of Christ-based acceptance is to know beautiful, spiritual rest. It turns out that beauty rest is not a mattress. It's a savior.